0: I'm passing all of these cars that were you know, covered in snow. Look, they had been driven in weeks and sort of rumbling along the way. And I'm like, why do I have to bike so far to get to this car? Why can't I get in that
1: car? Why can't I get in that car? What is good, everybody? This is your host, Michael Saccond, founder and CEO of Our Future. We're the go-to podcast and media brand for young Gen Z business leaders and entrepreneurs looking to unlock their future and context of our future, nobody does it like us. Short, exciting stories delivered to the next generation. And today, I'm joined by Mr. Shelby Clark, the founder of car sharing unicorn, Tarot. I was excited for this interview for a minute because my dad is a massive Tarot fan. Anywhere he goes, he grabs grabs like a Model 3. So my dad's actually the the founder of an EV company and he uses Tarot to test different EVs on the market just because he's a nerd like that uh, and he's doing his own electric car stuff.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah, it's a fun way to like to, to access to and drive really fun cars. I've driven all sorts of cool stuff. The car that I bought now, I sort of test drove before uh, by renting um, from somebody on Turo. So there's all sorts of cool, you know, um, whatever you need. We, we got you. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little bit of, it's like the sampling of the
1: automotive market. I mean, who would have thought? Let's go back to, I believe, 2008 was when the, the company be- began. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, 2008. Uh, wow. I was a recovering management consultant. That was sort of the first job I had uh, coming out of college. Um, and I'd worked briefly at a, a nonprofit startup called Kiva.org. I decided to get an MBA, not necessarily the most straightforward decision, uh, you know, going into debt. But I thought that a couple of years in a really good environment around smart people and, you know, having some time to incubate something would, would be uh, would be helpful. So, um uh, I packed up and, uh, and moved to, uh, to Boston to start uh, an MBA at Harvard in the fall of 2008. Really, really strong focus on entrepreneurship. Um, and um, the uh, I didn't own a car when I was there. I was using Zipcar, and I loved mm-hmm. it so that I could sort of have all the mobility that I needed. Um, I could uh, rent a Prius if I was going to Trader Joe's, or um, a convertible if I was going to the beach, or an SUV if I was going to whatever fits the mood. <laughs> But uh, I, I found that whenever I waited until I needed the car, like I don't really plan that far in advance. And so I would, you know, I'd be like, okay, I need to get a car in a couple of hours. And everything, when I would do that, everything close to me is booked. And so there was sort of this, um, this one, there was definitely a light bulb moment for Turo. And uh, one day I resorted to the closest car to me and it was two and a half miles away. And um, it was, it was one of these days, I don't know if you've, You live in Michigan, so you understand uh, brutal winter. (laughs) Yeah, I understand the I understand
1: brutal winters. (laughs) Even though I'm in California, so I'm in Santa Cruz right now. So I'm not too far from you, probably.
0: Because you're in Venus, right? Uh, I'm in San Francisco today, but yeah, basically Venus. Um, And it was one of these days when uh, it was like sleeting upwards. You know, like the the elements are attacking for every direction, and I had to, to bike two and a half miles to get to my car, and. You know I'm passing all these cars that were you know covered in snow, look like they hadn't been driven in weeks and sort of rumbling along the way. And I'm like, why do I have to bike so far to get to this car? Why can't I get in that car? Why can't I get in that car? You know, like I sort of went back to those Kiva roots about connecting people online creating a marketplace to connect people. You know, it's clear that um, in order to satisfy our mobility needs, we don't we don't need more cars. I mean, America has a love of car with the love affair with the automobile. We've got more cars than people in the United States. Um, what we need is better utilize the cars we have in our own roads. And so, um, just sort of was like, you know, we need to have a marketplace, a way of connecting. And, um, you know, I was like, this either must exist and any sort of no way, or there's a reason why. And, um, so, you know, I rushed home and started, you know, looking up what all I could find reserving domain names. So that was what we do. Right. Um, and sure enough, nobody was doing it. And it took me a while to figure out um, the reason why it was insurance. Um, right. Nobody could figure out how to insure it. But but the basis of the idea was that Zipcar's
1: lots were centralized, but there's a garage around every street corner. Why isn't that where you get your car from? Was that kind of the, that was like the core Absolutely. the
0: first thing you yeah. saw. So, you know, being able to come together with our own um, communities and neighborhoods and better utilize the resources we already have. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, you know a, a, in two thousand eight it was a pretty like weird idea for a stranger to drive off in your car. Because
1: um, Uber <laughs> wasn't started. Uber wasn't started till was it twenty twelve or was it a little I bit earlier? I think it was two
0: thousand nine is when okay. they started with black cars. Maybe been okay. two thousand eleven or twelve when they started with with personal cars.
1: Yeah. Do you do do you think you could have done the Uber Uber idea when you think back about it?
0: You know, I mean, um, I definitely remember like watching uber and so the first iteration of uber was all black cars so like um just idle black cars in san francisco and it was it was it took off like wildfire and i do remember thinking like oh somebody's gonna do the peer-to-peer version of this like and you know it was like could we do this like should we do this and you know we were really heads down with what we were working on at Toro at the time um and you know it's ideas are a dime a dozen it's about executing so Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we made our decision, we played our cards, you know, we've built a great business that I'm really proud of. So yeah, it's
1: a billion dollar, it's a billion dollar company. Are you complaining? Absolutely not. So let's talk about execution, right? What the question everyone's asking is what you mentioned earlier, like, how did you figure out the insurance piece? How could someone use your car and, and that be insured?
0: Well, so, you know, um, it was a difficult problem, and you know, so I was in business school, as I mentioned, and um, I had uh, two co-founders that sort of um, business school classmates that were going to, you know, sort of help me get, up, get this off the ground. One of them was an insurance expert, and um, and you know, so I was like, okay, great, Tara's on it; she's going to help me do this. And after six months, she quits, and she's like, "You're not going to figure out the insurance." I was <laughs> <It's> like, "Oof." <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> you know, she had had all sorts of um, conversations with people, like her contacts about the insurance industry, and and just she was like, "You're not going to figure it out." Um, I was, you know, refused to be deterred, and um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I did was just I, I opened my like uh, my networking conversations as broad as I could. Um, I think that like a lot of early, you know, entrepreneurs in the early days, they're worried about somebody stealing their idea. You know, I remember in the various earliest days, like trying to get people to sign NDAs and, and, you know, it was like, somebody's going to steal this idea. Um, and then I quickly realized I had a lot more to gain than to lose by talking to other people. And so I just had as many conversations with as many people as I could. And, you know, there was one industry expert in car sharing insurance. Um, his name is Bill Curtis, um. And eventually I got introduced to him. And, you know, like any starry entrepreneur, I was jumping up and down on the table about how we're going to change the world and, and how this is going to transform so the he, industry. He was, and he,
1: he was the perfect contact. Did you find his email somewhere, a cold email, like got in touch? No, I found
0: by talking with people. So, okay. by talking with all sorts of leaders in the industry, right. you know, people who are running small nonprofit car shares. And, you know, eventually somebody appointed me to Bill, but it took months and many conversations. And, and that's the power and then, of networking. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Right.
1: young person, right? Who wants to consider starting
0: a business? Like you just and have sharing your idea, you. you know, and like be willing to risk somebody stealing it, be willing to, um, you know, just, uh, and so eventually I connected Bill and Bill's like, oh yeah, this, this is going to work. I see this happening. And so he, um, I got him to invest in a company. Uh, and, and he just started moving mountains for us. Um, you know, it definitely still took a year and a half from, took almost a year from the time that I got Bill involved and a year and a half from when I began like working on the idea until we found the insurance product. And it was, that was a brutal year and a half. Like, I bet, you know, just my, my entire team fell apart during that period. Um, both my co-founders left, like, you know, my investors were asking for their money back. Like it was a brutal slog. And um, you know, it just like just had to hold on.
1: <laughs> and you did. You held on. You clutched it with white knuckles and and rode that rode that motorcycle <laughs> through. I don't even know if you have motorcycles on Tarot. Maybe you do. No motorcycles. No motorcycles. That the insurance is a little little might maybe that maybe
0: that's a wild card there. Um, it's it's so, a little more complicated, and you know, cars are big enough of a market for us to start off. So right. you know,
1: you're the you're the Airbnb for cars is like kind of how it's referred to. Airbnb had that. That moment, right? It was, uh, it was, it was when the something a house was trashed, right? When some kind of party was thrown. I can't remember. It was an orgy, right? An orgy was was <laughs> done on the on this Airbnb, and it wasn't waiting to happen. Rock stars screw hotel rooms all the time and destroy them. Um, it's been happening for years. I'm, I assume did any of this did any something like this happen with Tarot Or I mean, it's not a home, but.
0: I mean, you know, we definitely deal with um sort of like um damage and crashes and you know, I mean, I think for me the biggest um you know thing that I was really fearing for a long time um which uh, was somebody dying in one of our cars. Um and it definitely happened. I mean, we've definitely had, you know, people have have um it's really sad. I remember the 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 first crash like just hearing it and being like know really stunned and struck and just my heartbreaking for this person and his family um and um you know but this is also like what happens when people get in cars right like people they get in accidents and and you know we've now gotten to a scale where we have millions of cars that are moving around the world and and it's inevitable for it for accidents to happen and so you know what was really important was that our insurance policy sort of stood behind um you know and protected the people and um you know and and you know, fortunately, um everything worked. You know, our insurance policy, um, you know, it, it covered the accident. Um, it, you know, it uh the 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 accident was settled with the insurance within the insurance limits. Um and so you know things worked as they were supposed to. Um yes. you know, th- thinking about the more mundane, you know, every day there's, you know, um uh you know, there's people that are, that are renting cars. And you know, what we need to do is try to figure out how to Get people to you know uh, play well within the system, and um, you know I think we we really go out of our way to help um, you know, people understand like the peer to peer nature that this car belongs to Michael. This is not just like a random nameless Hertz car. Um, and with that actually comes a lot of personality, right? Like, you know, I remember in the early days there was like CD collections and like people would like, you know, there was different perks and personality of, of renting people's cars. That. I love that. And, you know, uh, and so we really, you know, helped to set, um, norms and expectations and there's ratings and reviews and, you know, for the most part, people really do take care of each other's cars and, yeah. you know, that's, uh, it's, it's great to see.
1: So you believe in the goodness of, of human nature then running a company that depends on peer-to-peer interactions. You've really seen you've probably seen the the bright side of of and the dark side of sharing. Yeah. Unfortunately there's you know, a lot
0: more good than bad. Um good. So good. you know our goal is to figure out like, you know, how do we um you know, how do we, you know, predict and identify the bad actors in advance? And you know, we've gotten actually really good with um, sort of uh, our risk models and, and um, machine learning. To um, and there's lots of different factors and ways that you can right. predict, um, you know, fraud and risk. And and you know, we've gotten really good at that. Right. Maybe even
1: yeah. I know some insurance providers do. You know, the tracking of the cars' data. Even Tesla's doing their own insurance product soon, right? Because they have all the data on you. I don't know if that's really in Turo's wheelhouse, kind of break some privacy rules, but I mean, there's a lot here, Shelby. So I'm just going to ask you, like, can we really quickly go over, where's the business at now, right? So a billion bucks, you're still an advisor, I assume, Still hanging,
0: you're on the board, or are you fully divested? I'm no longer in the board. Um, the In the, the, the board, was in our series, you e, ran financing. So, you know, I'm sort of number one fan and cheerleader. I'm still really a close friend of the company, but don't, no longer involved in sort okay. of a formal
1: basis It's valued at over a billion dollars. It's doing several hundred billion in revenue, I assume. Yep.
0: Doing great. So, <laughs> and so- most of that goes directly into people's pockets. Um, you know, it's really it's an exciting thing to watch grow.
1: Right. You're you having people share their cars out and it's providing mobility, but it's also providing an income source for people. So I think it's a great mission. Why'd you step why'd you step away? I mean, why did you I mean this is a billion billion dollar right now? I mean, could it be a 10 billion, 50 billion dollar company? <laughs> you
0: know, I mean, I think that we're we're a dominant player in uh, a dominant marketplace in a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, you know, if you actually consider the industry transportation, it's a trillion dollar industry. So I think the sky is a limit for Turo. Um, you know, I think the uh you know right now we're really just trying to do fewer things better we're, we're trying to optimize the business we just hit profitability last year um and i think that there's still a lot of opportunity you know you asked about motorcycles and and you know sure that that's, that certainly is another uh, opportunity that we could expand into um you know but again i think the just the the, um, the car market is huge it's just, it's a uh, so helicopters uh, I would love to see in helicopters, um, you know, there's, but this was sort of the one thing that I learned. So that's why I stepped away from the business. You know, I was, you know, a young 20 something entrepreneur who didn't really like have any experience in growing a company. And, you know, I did a really good job of getting the company going getting all the momentum, a, a lot of um, sort of uh, recognition um, for the company, which enabled us to find a really, really amazing CEO. And, you know, um, we brought on a, a great guy, Andre Haddad, um, and you know he's fantastic about optimizing and scaling a business. And I learned a lot from him. You know, I think one of the biggest things that I learned from him was do fewer things better, was to really focus. And you know, um, I, I wanted to do a million things. I thought that we, you know, there was all all these aspects I found really important. And Andre was really good at saying no to things and saying we're going to be super focused. We're going to hit our we're going to hit our goals and metrics. Um, and you know, he's really done a fantastic job at, uh, at scaling company. And I think that for any um, you know, so a couple of important aspects or things or lessons or, you know, to, to have faith in yourself and your idea and your creativity and, you know, uh, don't let the bumps, um, sort of sway you along the way cause you will find bumps, um, and, you know, to, to really focus that you know as you're trying to um, you know to you know, to build and get something off the ground being able to actually execute and get something launched is way better than to have like 12 unfinished ideas right. and that was really I like something that. i learned
1: well you invested your whole life into growing this business and you know i think that's a characteristic of a good leader to be able to step away and say this guy the ceo can do it better right i mean any guy who brings in another ceo is is making that that choice um, to do that so I mean, it's pretty incredible. So, I mean, you, you probably wouldn't have... You don't have to work again in your life, you think?
0: Uh, maybe one day. <laughs> so, maybe, turn maybe around and not IPO quite yet. Uh, we have announced plans for an IPO soon, but, um, you know, fingers crossed. And, uh, you know, even if I... Uh, you still
1: uh, have a big stake in the company?
0: I definitely still have an ownership stake in the company. still have an ownership stake. Got it. And, you know, very excited for the potential IPO. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I think that, like, uh, I also find... Um, a lot of purpose in work. I've, you know, I've gotten really involved in yoga and meditation. Um, There's an emerging world of psychedelic therapy. That's where I'm spending most of my time right now. Um, And, um, you know, so I think that Uh, it's, I'm really fortunate to be able to be pursuing, you know, work that makes me passionate. Um, but hopefully that's something everybody can do is to find, um, you know, the work that really lights them up, you know, and, and each of us find our own path. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Shelby Clark,
1: the founder of Tarot, the world's first and largest peer-to-peer car sharing marketplace. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I had a blast meeting Shelby. I hope you guys did too. Please can you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts? Would mean a lot. And I'll be with you guys again soon. So what you got to do in the meantime is stay frosty.